Welcome to another episode of the Ending Forever podcast. I go by to find peace, aka the Ending Forever, aka Tizzle, aka I love Kawhi Leonard and the Toronto Raptors equally. Please don't ask, aka Rest in Peace, Nipsey Hustle, Neighborhood Nip, aka if it's love, you know it's love, and if it isn't, don't call it hate. And uh, let's end the intro with a quote from Nipsey: "I ain't messing with no snakes. Ain't nothing charming about no snake. I don't trust a snake. I don't care how well you say you have it trained. It just ain't chose to turn on you yet." He ain't chose to bite you yet. Anyone I know who has a snake got bit by that snake. Read the Bible. It'll tell you don't trust a snake. Uh, You know. The End of Forever podcast, episode eight. It's called The Transparent Genuine. The End of Forever podcast episode eight is called The Transparent Genuine. You know, when I was about, I think I was 21 years old, that's when I got my first tattoo. And the uh, the I only have two. I do plan on getting more, but I only get them as I'm inspired. I don't just get them to get them because it'll look cool or whatever. You know, everything about me is is inspiration. And, and you know, my tattoos are, to me are, are forms of inspiration. It's just another expression of my art. And, uh, the first tattoo I decided to get at the age of 21, I believe, was a, um, a prayer that my mom, you know, when I was a kid, every night, um, you know, especially when I was younger, she would make me say this prayer. Um, and it was Psalms 23. And I thought that I would start this one off uh, based on the content. You know, I, I, I never I know where I want to go, but I never know how I'm going to get there. I thought it was only right to just start it off with that psalm so it's psalms 23 and it goes the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures he leadeth me beside still waters he restoreth my soul he leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake yea though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies thou anointest my head with oil My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I just felt like it was only right, you know, to start this one off with that. What I want to talk about today, um, you know, I want to I want to first off reference Mike Tyson, okay? Um, there's a few people, there's a lot of, there's a few inspirations that I have in my, in my life right now, you know, um, you know, not right now, but some for a while, some, you know, over the last 12 months, couple years, but one true inspiration to me is Mike Tyson, iron Mike Tyson. And let me tell you why Mike Tyson, you know, basically exceeded to the top of his game in boxing to become arguably one of the greatest boxers of all time. Some people will say he's the best boxer of all time. Well, most people are going to say Ali, you know, Muhammad Ali, which rightfully so, you know, some people are going to say Floyd Mayweather based on his, um, you know, his perfect record and him being probably the best defensive boxer of all time. But Iron Mike Tyson is the people's champion. Nobody would knock anyone. Nobody would knock people out like Mike Tyson. But I wanted to reference Mike Tyson because this is an example of someone who um, rose to the top of his, he was a boxer. He wanted to be the greatest boxer 
ever, you know, and he rose to the top of his game. He climbed the mountain and he got to the top of the mountain, but he was battling um, personal issues. You know, he had personal demons um, that he was dealing with. And um, I'm not going to par- I'm just going to paraphrase. But one thing led to another. And as high as he climbed up that mountain, it's like he tripped and he fell all the way down the mountain all the way down the mountain, right back to the bottom of the mountain, like the base. He hit rock bottom. And it seemed like everything was, you know, and for to him, at least, it seemed like his life was over. Like he was just at rock bottom and he was broke and, you know, no, you know, he was just, he was washed in a sense, right? But then one thing led to another and Iron Mike started climbing that mountain again. And now, if you see, he's he's got his own podcast, Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. He's got all these different businesses, um, and he's and he's 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 more mature. He's more humble. He's like a completely different person. You know what I'm saying? And honestly, I think because Mike Tyson had had a lisp, and he came, and I don't want to, I don't want to impersonate him, but you know, because he had like a, a lisp, and he was always angry. People just thought he was like not that intelligent or he like he wasn't smart. They just heard this angry guy with a lisp. But when you listen to him speak even now, you know, you realize that Mike Tyson is one of the most intelligent, articulate people out there, you know, and you're getting to see a different side of him. And I wanted to reference that because I can draw some parallels to my own life. Now, not on some um, I, you know, as far as. My personal dreams and the, and the dreams that I have, I haven't accomplished those yet, but I'm talking about in my previous life, as I like to call it, and um, in, in, in not just like in various ways, I was at the top of my game, you know, uh, at my at my former place of employment, I rose to the top of my game, you know, I was focused, razor sharp focus, and I was able to, and, and I put the work in over years one year after the other, I put the work in, I stayed consistent and I rose to the top of my field. There wasn't really much else for me to do um, in that in my role because I had pretty much done everything right and proven myself there. You know, I look at um, with lifting weights, for example, with my boy, Chris, shout out, Chris, that's one of my one of my one of my dear friends. You know, um, we rose to the top of our game with our weight training. I Chris, you can correct me, but. I swear for a good five years, let's say four to five years, you know, we took like we went, okay, we we probably went like three years straight, took a year, took a year off, not like a year, but like, you know, a year where things are a little iffy. We were still working out in our own ways, like we weren't working out together kind of thing. And then we got back and we worked out for like another two years. But we rose to the top of our game with our weightlifting. We were consistent. We were working out two to three times a week consistently for like three years straight. Took a little break, did it again for like another two years straight. We were at the top of our game. I mean, think about it. How many times, and I, I was like this prior to Chris, how many times do you say, oh, um, you know, how many times do you say, oh, I want to hit the gym? And then you hit the gym for like three weeks or a month and then you're back. It, like you're, you're done. You don't do it, right? A lot of people go through those inconsistencies, right? It's a normal thing. Um, I went through it as well prior to working out with Chris, but we rose to the top of our game. I look at, um, at one point I was almost 245 pounds. You know, I put on a lot of weight. Um, what did I decide to do? I put the work in, you know, I started eating better. Um, I started jogging. I'll get to jogging in a second, but I committed to um, personally going, um, 
this is my personal every, it, it, listen it, for, it, for everybody my suggestion is just learn your own body because what works for me may not work for you but i realized that you know i wanted to embrace a more plant-based whole foods lifestyle right um if i could i would have went 100 percent vegetarian or vegan but i still like meat so i committed to going 80 to 90 percent and i stuck to it i rose to the top of my game um you know i committed to jogging i remember when I first started jogging, we had a run club at work. And when I first started jogging in the group, I was always the last person to come in. I could only run like a certain period, of, like I could maybe run 30 seconds to a minute that I needed to stop and drink water. And I did start and stop, start and stop. Then it got to a point where I could run five, six kilometers without stopping once. And then I could run seven kilometers, eight kilometers, nine kilometers. And then on, on certain days, if I felt like it, I could do a 10K. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't, I, I, I didn't do them super fast, but like my like my boy, uh, my, my boy Dale said, he's like, yo, he realized with me is that, you know, once I start, I just won't stop. You know what I mean? Like I'm I like, I'm, the start and stop would, would tire me out. But if, if I just start running and I just go at my pace, I can go the distance. I rose to the top of my game with that, you know? And then, um, so I was in, in, I had eggs in different baskets and I was on, on the top of my game and all of those things, right? Then life happens, you know, things in my life happened. And then guess what happened? Um, I was no longer at the top of my game and I hit rock bottom, truly, truly hit rock bottom. Right. And, um, now, you know, you hit rock bottom and yeah, you, 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 you essentially feel like you lose everything. I felt like I lost everything. In a sense, I did lose everything. And I hit rock bottom. Boom. But, you know, there's a saying. The same people you see on the way up, you see on the way down. If you if you treat people like shit and you're an asshole and you're a dick and you just are out for self and all that kind of stuff on your way up. When you're on the way down, those same people are just going to look at you and be like, ha ha. Right. Fortunately for me, on my ascension to the top of my game and those things aforementioned, I always treated people with respect. I was always humble. I was always friendly and I gained some some true friendships. So when I fell from grace, in a sense, you know, my friends, my true friends were still there for me. They were concerned. They reached out. They wanted to make sure I was okay, you know? And um, now, as of today, um, I'm, I'm back. I'm not, you know, I'm back to me in a sense. You know, um, well, me and my friend, me and my friend Jesse differ on this. You know, he, he believes that, you know, on, on, on a prior podcast, I said that, the the uh, the old me, um, the old me is dead. You know, I think I said that on episode three. I said the Sheldon that you knew no longer exists, and um, I meant it. But you know, my friend Jesse differs. He says, "No, I don't believe that." You know, I believe that the old Sheldon is still in there. Um, so I don't know. Maybe we can meet on some common ground because I feel like, in a sense, that I'm back to me. But I still don't necessarily feel like the same person. You know, I told you guys on on episode three that I was under construction and 
the construction is, is is coming along fine now. But, you know, I mentioned Mike Tyson because one thing I love about Mike Tyson is his transparency. He lays it all out on the line. He shows you exactly who he is. He tells you his story and he's not ashamed. Or maybe even if he is ashamed, he just tells you his story. I did this. I did that. And he just lays it all on the line. And I respect a man that can just be honest, completely honest and share his truths. And people respect that. And that's what people love about him. And um, I decided um, today that I'm going to share something personal. You know, some people wouldn't do it. You know, some people would keep it to themselves. I'm putting this out for the entire world to, um, you know, I'm putting this out for the entire world. You know, think about this. This podcast, anybody can hear this. And I'm just going to speak my truth. And it's, uh, it's been it's, it's on my heart to talk about. And I'm just going to talk about it. So um, I want to talk about addiction today. Addiction. Now, on both sides of my family, there's alcoholism, right? Um, and maybe a lot, a lot of people can relate, you know, people just enjoy alcohol. I mean, you know, you know, there's, you know, people, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with drinking, um, you know, having a drink, you know, or whatever the case may be. Um, and, and, and let me, let me exclude on both sides of my family, even though I say there's alcoholism on both sides of my family, there's also people that don't drink at all, right? That just don't drink at all or, or, or drink within moderation, but alcoholism does exist on both sides of my family, right? I'm not saying my immediate family um, or anything like that. I'm just saying it, it exists, okay? And that's the truth, and it is what it is. Um, me, to be honest with you, I believe that. Um, I believe that I, in my adult life, you know, I moved out when I was about 20 years old, and I believe that. Over time, I turned into a functional alcoholic, meaning I'll go to work, right? I'll go to work and handle my business. I'll go play basketball. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention basketball is another thing. Um, well, I won't say I'm at the top of my game there. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm all right. You know what I'm saying? I'm all right. You know, you know, yo, yo, my man's, yo, my man's in them. Will t- yo, my friends will tell you if I catch fire, though, from that three, it's a wrap. They'll, they'll, they'll tell you that if I, yo, you know what I'm saying? If I catch, and I ain't no Danny green, we'll talk about Danny green. I, I ain't never been no Danny green, but, um, well, no, I've had some Danny green games. I can't front, but you know, I'm, I'm a good shooter. You know what I'm saying? I'm a good shooter. But anyway, um, I don't want to lose my train of thought. We're always going to bring it back. But, um, yeah, um, uh, I fucking hate, I hate when I do this, when I just, I go off track, but basically what I was talking about, um, Yes, being being a, a functional alcoholic. So, you know, I would I would handle my business. You know, I would go, I would work my forty to fifty hours a week. I would play basketball twice a week. I would uh, do my weights. I would go for my jogs. I would eat healthy, but I was consistently drinking in the evenings. You know, you know, I like to, I like to have my beers. I like to have my wine. You know what I'm saying? And that was just my thing, you know? And in my mind, it was like, yeah, this is my thing, but look at all the other things that I'm doing. That's what I told myself, right? And no matter, even if I woke up and I had a little hangover, I woke up and had a little headache, I still went and handled my business. You know what I'm saying? 
but you know, I had it, I had it under control. So I thought, you know, but I knew personally, as I told you on my, on my, um, my last podcast, I'm very self-reflective, you know, I know my strengths, I know my weaknesses and I always, I'm always looking into myself. I, I always am. So I always know who I am. You know what I'm saying? So I, I knew in my heart, Sheldon, you're probably drinking too much. Not probably. I said, you're drinking too much, but I was just so used to it. And I realized that it was a thing where like I would come home and it was just like, I realized that I was dealing with anxiety, um, probably undiagnosed. But the reason I, I never, I never drank to my purpose for drinking, like on, on, on a regular basis was never because I wanted to get drunk every night. You know, it was more so because I would just feel anxious if I didn't. You know what I mean? I would just be sitting there trying to relax and it's just like, I need something to take the edge off, you know? So it was almost like I was self-medicating my anxiety over the course of my 20s by drinking. And that's all I would do. I would just have a, I would just have a few glasses of wine. Well, not a few glasses. Sometimes I'd finish the bottle or I'd have a bunch of beers and it put me in a space where I was relaxed and I could chill and I could watch my TV and my movies and talk to my friends on the phone or, you know, maybe work on some music or you know, whatever, and then just go to my bed and tomorrow's another day. So I was a functional alcoholic in the sense that I had it under control. But then life happened to me, you know, as I mentioned, um, in the fall of 2019. And then that functional alcoholic that um, the, what I had under control, suddenly I didn't have in control anymore. Right. Because not I was self-medicating my anxiety, but now depression kicks in. Now, you know, life changing things are, are, are occurring, you know, that are really deep. And um, and it's, it's, it's not just one thing, you know, it's, it's, it's a domino effect of multiple things. So you add that on top of the anxiety that I already had and, the, and then now the depression and all that. And then my drinking got out of control. Okay. I was, I just started to drink like never before. Right. And not even necessarily belligerent, you know, where I'm just like stumbling all over the place. That's not my style, but I would just be drinking a lot. And it's just, it's just a lot. You know what I mean? And I, and it's almost like I couldn't function. I got to a point where I couldn't function without alcohol, you know? Um, and Fortunately, you know, not a lot of people have this, you know what I'm saying? Not a lot of people have this, but I have people in my life um, that really, truly love me, you know, that really, truly love me and they were concerned and, um, you know, my, my, the, the, the one person, man, that, um, I love this person like this is my brother man and you guys you guys won't understand it but you know we'll peel back we'll peel back the layers we'll peel back the layers on this on on my connection to this to this to this man but my brother Israeli Don that yo that that brother right there I've known him since I was three years old you know and he wasn't the only one so this is a combined effort, but I'm just giving people their props. Two people, 
one, my brother is really Don. You know, he knew that I was drinking too much. And he told me he always keeps it a buck with me. Always, always keeps it a buck with me. He's the, he's the one friend. He's the one person I can he can say whatever to me. You know what I mean? Some people you can't you can't just say you can't just say whatever to me, nigga. You know, but he can. And he was telling me I was drinking too much and he was trying to, you know, and then, you know, what I ended up doing is I ended up um, another person who stepped up, you know, who we had some conversations and he knew he, 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 he understood what I was dealing with was my uncle. You know, what I'm saying my uncle Mark, you know, what I'm saying he, um, you know, I, I shared some things with him and he understood what I was dealing with. You know what I mean? And um, together, you know, um, with the assistance of my mother, bless her heart, and my aunt, they decided that I needed help. You know, I needed help because I could no longer function without alcohol. You know, it was just getting to that point. And um, I was just a mess. You know, I was a mess. And... Um, You know, what they ended up doing is they ended up um, with their assistance. Um, they ended up sourcing out places where I could detox, you know, to get alcohol out of my my system for good. You know, uh, they're called withdrawal management centers. And um, we, we made plenty of phone calls over over 48 hours. And I was finally able to uh, get a hold of a place in Brampton. And, um, you know, they did a screening and the most important question they ask you is, is this something that you want to do? Because it's not up to the people around you. Um, it's not up to the people around you to get you in. Then they, the people around you can say, take them in, take them in. But they're very adamant about, do you want to do this? And without any hesitation, I said, yes. And my brother Israeli Don came, picked me up, brought me straight. You know, we, we, you know, we had to do some things, but he brought me straight to that facility. And I remember looking at him being like, yo, I don't even know what to expect going in here. And he said, yo, you got this fam. He said, you got this fam. You know what I mean? He said, just go in there, you know, do your thing, stay in your corner. You know what I'm saying? Like what he means to stay in your corner is like, you know, just go in there. And just, yo, like, do your thing. Yo, bro, you got this, man. You can do this. And he told me, <laughs> he told me, because he does music, right? He told me, bro, before we got there, he said, yo, you do this? Because there's, um, he's working on his album. I'm not giving too much away, because that's his, that's his, you know, that's his, you know, I'm not giving too much away. But there's a certain song on his album that he knows that I love. <laughs> and he told me, if you do this, bro, when you get out, we're going to we're going to shoot that video and you're going to be involved. And I said, bet. And we we gave him a dap. I said, love. He said, love. And I went in there. And uh, it's a it's an experience, you know, and, you know, if we um, I'm not going to get into all the details too much. Um, like the like the how each day, but it's it's a it's a system where. Once you get in there, you have to abide by their rules and conditions. You know, it's not a jail. 
but there's rules and conditions. And the thing about it is you can leave whenever you want. So if you go in there for four hours and you can't handle it, you can sign yourself out and go. They don't hold you there. You know what I'm saying? And, and you can leave at any time. But if you stay, it's like a four day program, you know? And um, I went in there and um, I, I, I connected with all kinds of people in there. You know, there was people dealing with fentanyl addiction. I don't know if you know about fentanyl, but fentanyl is worse than heroin. There's people um, also dealing with uh, alcohol. There's people in there dealing with methamphetamines, cocaine, crack, all types of stuff. You know what I mean? Um, But what I will say is addiction is a sad thing because these are all good people. If you took away the, uh, the problems that people were dealing with, they were all good people, you know, and, um, you know, it was, it was an experience and it's something that I'm not really going to get, get too much into on the podcast as far as how each, each and every day went. But, you know, if you're curious about it, you know, you can reach out to me, um, you know, reach out to me privately or not privately, or just reach out to me directly and we can discuss, you know, we can discuss it, you know, to a degree, you know, but what I will say is that, you know, when I discharge from there, I came out completely clean, you know, with clarity, you know, Um, and at this point in my life, since I was discharged from there, I finally have clarity, you know, for the first time truly in probably my entire adult life, I'm sober. Now, I'm not saying, no, don't, don't, don't get it twisted. It's not like I didn't go... Like, I'm just saying that I was a consistent drinker for my entire adult life, right? Of course, there was times where I went days without drinking, of course. You know, actually, earlier this year, I went four months without drinking, all right? There were certain times in my 20s where I took a few months off or whatever. So I'm not saying, you know what I'm saying? But throughout my 20s, I was a consistent drinker. That was my jam, you know? And now I have clarity, you know? And um, it's funny, you know, I thought that, you know, when you're, when you're used to doing something for so long, it's like you're used to socializing, you know, with alcohol. You're used to being creative. I was used to being creative with alcohol. I was used to like every, every time, anything that I did that I was supposed to be like fun, that wasn't work related. You know, I was always sober for work. You know what I'm saying? Obviously. Um, but I'm just saying like for like my job, but like. Anything that was associated with me exploring my creativity or having fun, I always aligned it with alcohol. You know what I'm saying? And um, for the first and and my, one of my biggest worries going and I was telling my mom this. You know, I was really I was like, I'll do this, but I said I don't want to lose my creativity. I don't want to lose that fire that's within me that has me doing all these great things that I've been doing. And she told me, don't worry about it. You're not going to lose it. You're not going to lose it. And she was right, because to be honest with you, now that I'm clean, sober, that fire is intensified. My creativity is at an all-time high. I'm focused, and I'm learning how to exist. Like, I realized that 
you know, and I did a few other things to make sure like, you know, what I mean, I'm not going to unpack all those. But basically, I'm in a space where I don't care about alcohol at all. I have no desire for it. You know, to be honest with you, I, th- I think I had my first drink. Now, I didn't like I said, I didn't start drinking regularly until my adult life, you know, when you're like legally, like when I was, you know, of age, you know, but, you know, I'm from the city. You know, I'm from Toronto and, um, you know, how we came up, you know, a lot of things, a lot of things were around us from an early age. So I had my like, mind you, I was playing basketball and all that. I wasn't a, I wasn't a, um, a consistent drinker in my, even in high school or none of that stuff. But I'm just saying like, you know, at a young age, you could go to, you could go to a get together. You can go to someone's house and someone might have a 40 or something. You know what I'm saying? You might chug back a 40 on a Friday, like bro this is regular shit at least where i'm from you know what i mean or and and i'm sure a lot of you can relate it was just regular shit you know that shit is there you know what i mean especially in high school times you know whether you like it's there you know so what i'm trying to say is i had my first drink when i was like 14 15 years old i got drunk around that age you know and then you know so alcohol's been in my life for a long time I'm 31 years old. I'm going to be 32 in the spring. And, you know, I've made a decision that I'm done with it. I'm done, you know, and I was done earlier this year. But the only the only problem was I tried to do it on my own cold turkey and I was successful. But, you know, I was triggered and I um, I got back on it and it got it got it got bad. But now going through that, going through um, what I experienced in the. Um, in the program, um, I just I just seen some things and I, I got some perspective and, you know, you, at the end of the day, you just take it one day at a time. Right. My mindset. But the reason I say I'm done with it is because if, if anyone knows me, if you really know me, nigga, you know that when I put when, when my mind is made up, it might take me a while to make my, my make my mind up. But when I, with the examples that I told you, you know what I'm saying? Um, when I'm my, when my mind is made up and I'm focused, there's no turning back for me, and I go hard. I go hard. You know what I'm saying? So, in my mind, I'm done with it forever. I have no desire for it. And these days, you know. I just go on easy, you know, as my boys really would say, you know, I just, you know, right now I'm drinking a coffee. I didn't drink coffee for like eight or nine years, but, you know, that's my thing. I drink my coffee. You know, I drink my um, I still love my green tea. Shout out to my green tea drinkers. I have, I, have, I, have, I have a couple cups of coffee a day now, you know, just for the mornings and, you know, maybe in the evenings if I'm trying to like, you know, you know, just get a little boost, you know, maybe watching the game or whatever the case may be. I drink my tea. I love to before, when I'm going to bed or um, I love to drink my chamomile and lavender tea. You know what I'm saying? I drink a lot of water, you know, and then I still have my sodas here and there. And, you know, and I just go on easy, you know, but I wanted to share that, you know, um, that that was something that in, in, in parallel to Mike Tyson's story, like I was at the top of my game in different different in, in different fields or in different ways, as I aforementioned. But I had my demons, you know, I was dealing with anxiety on the low. Um, I was dealing with, you know, different things that had me anxious 
to the point where I couldn't relax on a regular basis without alcohol. And that was a problem, which is a good segue into something else that I want to discuss. Um, Therapy, you know, everybody has different ways that they deal with things, you know, so I'm not saying this is going to work for everybody, but I've uh, recently um, started seeing um, a therapist, you know, and because, you know, I've dealt with some things over the last 12 months, especially um, that have um, really weighed on my on my like really affected me mentally and emotionally. And you know what? You're going to have those suckers out there, you know, that are going to th- that, you know, if you don't understand therapy, if you if you talk down on mental health or you talk down on therapy, you're a bitch. No, no. Put your ear closer to my voice. If you talk down on therapy or you talk down on mental health, you're a bitch. Because there's people like that out there that think they're so tough and and they want to act like, well, well, I didn't have to. Yo, all right, all right, nigga. All right, bro. But you're a bitch. A female dog. No disrespect to no disrespect to women, but, you know, they say a female dog is a bitch. Because I know there's people out there that think they're so tough and you're not really that tough. All right. And when I say dealing with mental and emotional things, uh, let me speak on this, too. Why do why do people think showing emotion is weak? Let me run that back. Why do people think showing emotion is weak? When someone decides to kill you, right, if someone goes and kills somebody, do you think that they were not emotional when they did it? I'm not saying I'm not I'm not trying to make it too extreme, but emotion, there's nothing wrong with emotion. There's nothing wrong with emotion. Like, you know, what I mean, so like all that shit, like, you know, I heard things in, in, in rap songs. Real men don't cry. Shut the hell up. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes sometimes you need like I'm not I'm not a you know, what I'm saying I'm not like I'm not soft like that. Like, you know, and like, but no, let me I'm leading to something. What I'm trying to say is I'm not someone that just you know, cries, you know, when I watch a movie or cries when like every, you know, you know, some people just cry a lot. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way, let let it out. If you feel like you need to cry, let it out. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just saying that when I talk about going through things mentally and emotionally, you're going to have some bitch ass, bitch ass suckers out there, right? That are going to act like, like there's something wrong with me saying that I was dealing with emotional issues because maybe they would have dealt with it a different way. Well, you know what? Hmm. I'll leave it there. Your pom pom. But um, yeah. Recently, I decided to uh, to see a therapist, and honestly, I just want to encourage people that if you're going through stuff mentally and emotionally, there is nothing wrong with therapy. Because sometimes the best thing about therapy is just being able to sometimes we bottle things up and we keep things inside and we don't talk about it. Right. And it turns into erratic behavior. You know, you lash out. You know what I'm saying? And um, I find that therapy to me, I find therapy to, uh, to be I find a lot of things therapeutic. You know, my music is therapeutic. You know, doing these podcasts are therapeutic, but, you know, being able to speak to a professional 
um, and someone who's completely unbiased, because you could try to confide, you can confide in your your partner, or you can confide in your friend, or you can confide in a family member, or you can confide in someone, but it's always going to be biased because they have a connection to you. Whether they, they say they're being honest with you or not, like you can't fully, like, you know what I'm saying? Just Just unpack that. It's like, not that they don't, not, they may have your best interests at heart. They might really love you, but no matter what, whatever advice that they give you is always going to be biased to a degree because of your connection. So sometimes it's good to just talk to someone that you have no connection to, that is just a professional, and you're able to basically just open up completely without fear of judgment, without fear, you know what I'm saying? Without, you can just, and honestly, I find it to be very helpful. And I think it's something that I'll at least continue with for a period of time. Um, but I just want to encourage people that if you if you feel like you got a lot on your chest bottled up and you're feeling a certain way internally and you just need to talk to somebody, go and talk to somebody, man. You know what I mean? Do some research. Um, you know, I know some of them can be expensive, but some of them aren't that aren't that aren't that bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, and I, just, I would just encourage you to uh, to explore that. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that with you. You know what I mean? Give you a little bit of my truth. And, you know, and uh, like I said, everything's everything's a process. You know, you take it a day at a time. And as far as my creativity, I want to encourage you guys when it goes back to the music. There's a few things I got going on, right, that I'm, I'm working on right now. The podcasts are going to continue. I want everybody to go back and listen to my first album. And I'm going to explain why. If you could do me a favor, if you have the time, it's available on all all streaming platforms. Um, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, um, I'm drawing a blank, all the streaming platforms. Look up The Ending Forever uh, by To Find Peace, T-E-F-I-N-D-P-E-A-C-E. And listen to my first album from start to finish. And it may be for you, it may not be for you. But here's what I want to tell you. The Ending Forever 2 is coming. I repeat, The Ending Forever 2 is coming. I'm not saying when, but it's in development. And think about how I bore, uh, how I, uh, I don't know if I say bear my soul, how I bore my soul on the ending forever at that time. I got some shit to say on this one, you know, and it's going to be, you know, I, I you know, I, I put everything into my music. I put my soul into my music. I put my heart in my music. So the ending forever two is coming, you know, and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be something, you know? So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that with that, you know what I'm saying? And I hope, I hope, I hope, you know, it wasn't easy for me to share that story with you, with, 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 with basically anyone, because anyone can hear this, whether it's people that I know, family members, friends, str strangers even, but you know, it was on my heart to do, you know, and shout out Mike Tyson. Um, I wanted to just touch briefly on politics. I'm not really going to get into it. You know what I'm saying? You know, politics is a. Sorry, I just took a sip of my coffee there. Politics is a. Uh, it's a lot of bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a lot of bullshit. Right. In my opinion. But here's one thing I wanted to share, you know. When it comes to like conservatives and liberals or Republicans and uh, Democrats, it's like, look, just respect whatever anyone's political 
affiliation is because here's what I want to say. Me personal, personally, I've done some of the um, like online like quizzes to like figure out like where my political affiliations lie. Like, because I never know. Like, you know what? When it comes to voting and stuff, I'm always like, yo, like, what am I? Am I a liberal? Am I a conservative? Am I what? And I've done quizzes and it looks like for the most part, I lean more to the liberal side. Right. Um, but, you know, you can't judge people based on their political affiliations. You know, one of my most loyal and supportive friends, you know, I won't mention his name because, you know, he doesn't, you know, you know, you may not, you know, be comfortable with it or whatever. But one of my most through this whole process over the last 12 months, even before that, ever since I've known him. One of my most loyal and supportive friends, a great guy, a great dude. He's just a great dude, man. He's a tr- he, he, he likes he likes President Trump. Now, we may disagree politically, but that doesn't take away from who he is as a person. He's a real person, you know, and I respect real people. So it's like, you know, I just wanted to put that out there. It's just that like. Go with, go with whatever direction you want to go in, but don't judge people on their political affiliations because that's not that doesn't mean that they are who they who they support politically isn't a represent a full representation of who they are as people. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, this, you know, we got this whole, you know, I'm not going to stay on politics too long, you know, Um you know, I, that was just one thing I wanted to mention. Yeah, like I could go. Yeah, yeah. We're not gonna go. We're just not. You know, politics to me is it's, it's smoke and mirrors, baby. Smoke and mirrors. They all have their agendas, and um, you know, it's just it's a lot of bullshit, yo. And just 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 don't get too caught up in it. Is what I'm saying. Don't get too caught up in it. Don't hang on to every word that these people are saying. You know what I mean? It's all smoke and mirrors. It's all out there to control the masses to influence society and yo just just don't don't get too caught up in it you know what i'm saying have your political affiliations vote for who you want to vote for but don't hang on to every word you don't know these fucking people okay you don't know like it's like celebrities you don't know them you know you see them on tv you see what they um they show you like you see what they appear to be you don't know them individually Give your head a shake, you know, slap some water on your face and like just realize I don't know these people. You know what I mean? Who you think they are may not be who, who, you, who they who you think they are. So just don't get too caught up in it and don't judge people on their political affiliations. As I mentioned, one of my most loyal, supportive friends likes President Trump for his reasons. But that doesn't take away from how solid of an individual he is, even though we may not agree politically. So um I'm, I'm gonna leave that there another thing too i wanted to touch on is like i stopped watching the news a long time ago you know the news that comes on i don't even i haven't watched it in so long that what does it still come on at like 6 p.m and 11 stop well you know what do what you want to do but my opinion stop watching the news all right when's the last time you watched the news and you 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 watched it for an hour and you went wow that was that was great man there's a lot of good things going on in the world never it's always negativity it's always propaganda and it's there to brainwash you 
You know what I'm saying? You watch you watch it now. COVID, 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 war, 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 COVID, 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 COVID. Like, it's just all about like not saying that COVID isn't a thing, but it's just like, yo, stop watching the news and live your life. Yes, pay attention to a degree to, to, to know what's going on, but you don't got to do that. Like, just stop watching the news, man. And the older generation is going to have a hard time with this because they're like they're brainwashed by the news. You know what I mean? But in my opinion, you have to ask yourself who dictates what is shown on the news. Right. In these back rooms, you know, there's someone there's a higher up somewhere that's being like, okay, we want you to talk about this because that's going to be good for ratings. Don't talk about that. And boom, boom, boom. It's all politics, bro. And sis. And gal and man. (laughs) It's all politics Let me tell you something, yo There's a game being played by the higher-ups And the world leaders That's just above anything that we could ever understand Right? So it's like you just need to wake up and realize that You know, what you're seeing is almost like a production When you're watching the news, it's a production That's been put together to influence You know? It's like with business, how business businesses present themselves in a certain way to influence your thinking, you know? It's it's the same shit. You know? So I, I just I just I just wanted to say don't be just stop watching the news. Like pay attention to what's going on, but don't be one of those people that just watches the news every day at 6 and 11 and 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 that it's going to brainwash you and just have you think in the world the world is a crazy place but at the same time you got to live your life you know you can't just be filling your head with neg- negativity you know what i'm saying like just my my advice is just stop watching the news i think i think it's all propaganda it's brainwashing it's a production that's put together people that are playing a game way above our heads are the ones that are dictating what people see, what people don't see, trying to influence what you think and what you don't think. And I, I think you should just go on easy and step off that, yo. And, and don't and don't don't be too influenced by that. That's my advice, yo. Live your life. Pay attention to know what's going on enough. But then just live your life. You only got one life to live. One life, one life, one life. Shout out Israeli Don, right? <laughs> Another thing. I wanted to touch on. We're almost done. I know this one's gone gone a little longer today. Is um the importance of knowing who your friends are. Oh yeah, I'm going there. Because you know, at the end of the day, if you if you need to make a change in your life, as I as aforementioned in my own story, the only person that could have made made that change in my life to kick alcohol out of my life completely. Nobody could do that for me. The only person that could do that was going to be me. But at the same time, it never hurts to have a support system or to have real friends around you, real people around you, right? And one thing that my experience, you know, has shown me over these last 12 months and over what I was dealing with, you know, with my alcohol and, um, you know, getting back on my feet and getting back to what I would deem a new me in a sense. Jesse would differ. Jesse thinks like I'm, I'm, I'm probably back to myself, but I think I'm a different person, but probably in a better way. Um, but yeah, but hey, but it's still Tizzle, nigga. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll still, I'll still get it. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, it's not like, you know what I mean? 
Like, it's not like um, I'm like some like, you know, I'm like some like some Zen, like, ah, like I'm still going to speak my mind. I'll still, you know, I'll still get at someone if they if they, you know, I'll still, you know what I'm saying? Oh, and before and before I um, touch on knowing who your friends are, actually, no, no, I guess I could segue into that because there's something else I wanted to say. Okay, yeah, before I get to that, before I get to that, um, during my, during my time of, um, you know, going through my, um, you know, dealing with my, 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 you know, over the last 12 months, you know, it's been a, it's been a roller coaster. Um, you know, I've lashed out, you know, I've lashed out at a lot of people and, um, you know, don't expect any apologies, Let me repeat that. Like, don't expect any apologies. I've only I've only apologized um, to 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 people that I felt where I was I was probably being inappropriate. You know what I mean? There was a few people that I felt like just in the in the midst of my um, my alcoholism and just being you know where I might have been a little appropriate uh, inappropriate. You know, just 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 maybe like needing attention or maybe just needing like you know sometimes you just feel it's it's a it, it can be a lonely feeling sometimes. And there was a, probably a few instances where there was a few instances where I was inappropriate and I apologized for those. You know what I'm saying? Um, because but in the, I'm not apologizing, you know, because anyone that's really anyone that really loves me and is really down for me, like they understand and understood what I was dealing with. And they're not they don't need that. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, in some cases it was warranted. You know, kind of reminds me when Gucci came out. You know what I'm saying? When Gucci Mane, um, I, I ain't Gucci man, but Gucci was dealing with. You know, we know, you, you know, you know how crazy Gucci man was before he went to prison, and he came out and he was clean and all that. And you know, who who he felt he needed to apologize to, he apologized to. And some people, he he said, yo, they had that shit coming. You know, and you just you just move forward. So I, I just wanted to mention that too. Um, you know, the people around me that. Cause now I only surround myself with real people, you know. Only if 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 you're not if you're not if 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 you don't have my best interests at heart, and if you're not official like a referee with a whistle, like Snoop would say, you can't even come around me. And that's a fact, because I have to protect my energy. I have to keep my mind right, and I'm not gonna let anybody trigger me. You know what I'm saying? So I got people around me that that love and support me for real. You know what I mean? And those are the people that are my confidants, that are the people that I communicate with and that uplift my spirit and keep me in good spirits because that's what's best for you and me. Ah! Um, so yeah, uh, let me go. Where was that? So where was I? Sorry, where was that? So yes. So let's, 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 let's run it back to the importance of knowing who, your friends are because over the last 12 months, based on everything I was just saying, um, you really realize, I'll give you an analogy. It's almost like, like I said, if you want to make a change in your life, you're the only one that can do it. You have to do it for you 100%, right? But everybody needs help at some point. Like, like, like for example, if it's, it's almost like, let's say you're across the street, right? And you see somebody collapse on the ground, right? 
you got two types of people, right? The people that I have in my life that love me, that are my friends, if they saw someone collapse across the street, they're going to they're going to walk across the street, they're going to cross the street, they're going to be like, "Yo, are you okay?" They're going to try to help the person up. They might call 911. They're going to be right there to see what's going on. That's the kind of friends and real people that I have in my life. But you know what? You got other kind of people out there. I call them fugazis. You know what they're going to do? They're going to see someone collapse and they're going to stay on their side of the street and they're not even going to cross. They're going to yell, "Hey, hey, are you okay? I think you need help. Uh, uh, I think you need help." Fugazi. And I found out that there's a lot a lot of people that I thought were the ones that would cross the street stayed on the other side. And um and for y'all, you stay on that side, nigga. You stay on that side. You stay on that fucking side. See, I'm sober. You can see the whites in my eyes, but I I'm I'm not fucking around. If you didn't cross the street and you were supposed to cross the street because I thought you would be someone that would cross the street, you stay on that fucking side. And when you see me, move that away and go on easy. You heard? Just wanted to get that one off. So now that we've gotten through all that, what are we at? We're at 53 minutes. Let's discuss. Ah, it's going to let a laugh out. Let's 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 lighten things up a little bit. Let me take a sip of my coffee. The NBA Finals Game Six is tonight. What a battle last game, right? What a battle last game between LeBron James and uh, and Jimmy Butler. That was incredible to watch. You know that was incredible to watch, man. Like all I'm, man, it's crazy. The, I'll, I'll, here's what I will say: The Lakers better close it out tonight. All right, the Lakers. LeBron James. I mean, at 35 years old, what else can this guy do, man? 40 points, 13 rebounds. What else can this guy do? You know, and AD is an amazing player. Anthony Davis is an amazing player. But I was joking around with my brothers that this man might need to drink some homogenized milk <laughs> because, man, he's fragile. You know what I'm saying? For he, he, for a guy that big and a guy that talented, he's dangerous. But I swear when he when he landed on his foot, nobody touched him. He just it's like he just jumped and then landed and then his foot was injured and aggravated. So we'll see if, if Anthony Davis is healthy. You know, the Lakers should be able to, to close it out. But LeBron needs help, yo, because the difference between the Lakers and Miami right now, Jimmy Butler, they got a team full of dogs. That's Spencer kid, Tyler Harrell, Bam. Uh, Jimmy, you know, I, I can't remember all the other guys, but the difference with in the last game is that Jimmy Butler went off with the 35 points. He had a triple double, but he had like four or five other guys that were killers with him, where it was just basically LeBron and AD, like a, a hobbled AD with 28 points, but there was like nobody else, right? So the game's coming on tonight. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch the game tonight. Uh, game six and you know I don't know what's gonna happen um, all I know is that the Lakers need to win the championship tonight if they're gonna win it they gotta win it tonight because if they don't win tonight LeBron get your fourth ring tonight Lakers figure it out get it tonight because if Miami 
ties this series up tonight and it goes to a game seven, this shit is 50-50. And we'll discuss it on the next podcast. You know what I'm saying? But, um, but yeah, it should be interesting, man. So I'm looking forward to it. So on that note, I'm going to end it there at 56 minutes. It's one of the longest podcasts in a while. The Ending Forever podcast. This one is titled The Transparent Genuine. And I just want to wish everybody peace, love, prosperity, and a happy Thanksgiving. You know, eat turkey until your belly busts, you know, enjoy time with your family. I know it's COVID, so I know a lot of things are restricted. And I just wish you peace and love and happiness. Tizzle.